All right. So we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. This is our theme scripture for this particular series of uh, messages and series of lessons that we are teaching presently. And so we look to this verse, verse 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. For he hath made him, Jesus, to be sin for us. As we have pointed out, this phrase for us is substitution. In other words, Jesus Christ was our substitute. He took our place. He did that for us. He did it on our behalf. On the cross, Jesus was made to be our sin. And when he was made sin, he suffered the penalty for that sin. We know that the wages of sin, according to Scripture, the wages of sin or the penalty for sin is death. So Jesus died in our place. He died for you. He died for me. But he died for the sins of the whole world, past, present, and future. And when he was made sin, he was, was actually going to reconcile humanity or restore humanity back to God. So then the latter part of this verse, it says, Jesus, who knew no sin or was sinless, was made to be our sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So we have been made God's very own righteousness. We received it as a gift, just like you received eternal life when you were born again as a gift. You received salvation as a gift. You were born again and received eternal life. Well, when you received eternal life, you also received the gift of righteousness. So I'm, uh, we're reviewing a little bit. I gave you a... A quote from W.E. Vines. W.E. Vines said, said it this way about righteousness. He said, The man who trusts in Christ becomes the righteousness of God in him. He becomes in Christ all that God requires a man to be and all that he could never be in himself. He becomes, when he trusts in Christ, when he puts his faith in Christ, he becomes all that God requires a person to be or a man to be. And everything that he or she could never be in themselves. So then, uh, the Holy Spirit spoke it to me this way. Uh, he, he said, true humility is when you acknowledge that it is absolutely nothing that you have done that makes you righteous. It is absolutely nothing that you have done that makes you righteous. You become God's righteousness by faith in Jesus Christ and the shedding of his blood. All right, so go now to Romans chapter 10. In Romans chapter 10, we've looked at this as well, but I just want to bring everybody up to speed here. In verse 8, it says, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, or if you confess that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, 
you are what? Saved. So salvation comes by simply believing in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confessing Jesus as Lord with your mouth. Let's go to verse 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. Notice, he says, with the heart man believes unto righteousness. So how did you become righteous? You believed. What did you believe? You believed that God raised Jesus from the dead. All right, again. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth in him shall not be ashamed. All right, with the heart man believes unto righteousness. Well, you notice in this verse that it didn't say with the heart man believes and he does this act or he goes to church or he uh, does a good deed for his neighbor. He didn't add any other thing in there. There's no works that is added into this verse. It's simply he believes unto righteousness. So when you believed on Jesus Christ, you were saved. When you believed on Jesus Christ, you received eternal life, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, what, believeth in him should not perish but have, what, everlasting life. He that believes on the son uh, hath, hath everlasting life or eternal life. So when you believe, you receive eternal life. When you believe on Jesus, you are also made righteous. So you receive the gift of righteousness the moment you believe on Jesus. So you didn't have to work for it. For it. You didn't have to earn it. You didn't have to merit it. You didn't have to, you know, you, you say, uh, you invite somebody to church and they say, well, the church building might fall in if I go. Have you ever heard somebody say something like that? Well, it's a little more sturdy than that. But uh, they think that somehow they've got to earn or merit salvation or merit some kind of relationship with God. Well, if we had to merit it, none of us could do it. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Nobody can do it through their own efforts or works. All right, so let's look at the verse again. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Go with me now to Ephesians chapter 2. We're still in review. I'm not going to repeat all of the things that we've said previously. But I want to just bring you into line to where we want to go today. Verse 8. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. For by grace are you saved through faith. Now, how is it that grace is even available? Actually, Romans says that grace reigns through righteousness. What is that referring to? God's one act of righteousness, or Jesus' one act of righteousness in his obedience to the Father's will, enabled grace to come and be made available. In other words, Jesus laid down his life. He gave his life so that grace could become available. He shed his blood. 
He suffered in your place, my place, and in the place of every human being, the human race, so that grace could be made available. So now we can simply believe on Jesus and by grace and faith in Jesus Christ and faith in the blood of Jesus, we can receive salvation. Now, in this verse, he says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the what? Gift of God. So salvation is a gift. Again, eternal life, same thing, is a gift. Being born again, same thing, is a gift. You're born again by faith in Jesus. And except a person is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God or he cannot see the kingdom of God. So by faith, you believe on Jesus. You're born again. You are saved. You have eternal life. But you also receive the gift of righteousness. Now in this verse, he says, it's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Verse 9, not of works, lest any man should boast. Not of works, lest any man should boast. If we worked it out and we did it on our own, then we could boast. Now, in the scripture it says, if you boast, let, you, let the person boast in the Lord. In other words, our boasting has to be in Jesus, has to be in what Jesus did, because we couldn't do it on our own. What did W.E. Vine say? The man who trusts in Christ becomes everything that God requires a man to be and everything he could never be in himself. So your works could not get you saved. Your works could not uh, cause you to receive eternal life. It's believing. Each time, it's believing. Believing to be saved. Believing to be born again. Believing uh, to receive eternal life. Believing unto righteousness. So righteousness is a gift. Just like eternal life or salvation is a gift. It's not of works lest anyone should boast. If you could do it in your own, on your own, Jesus would not have had to die. Jesus would not have had to come and give his life, shed his blood. But because we couldn't do it on our own, it was not of works lest any man should boast. What does the next verse say? For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So good works come out of the fact that you are God's workmanship. You are already saved. You are God's handiwork. God created you in Christ. You've become a new creation so that you can do good works that God would like for you to do, but it's not for your salvation. It's something that comes out of gratitude. The way the Holy Spirit said it to me is all of our good works are simply acts of gratitude for God's amazing grace. Our good works are simply acts of gratitude 
thanksgiving, just thankful that God sent his son. How many are thankful that God sent his son? Thankful that Jesus was willing to go to the cross, not only live as a man, not only come down on the level of man and walk as a man and be tempted as we are yet without sin and live a sinless life down here on the earth, but he also was willing to go to the cross. He was also willing to be made our sin. He was also willing to die in our place. He was also willing to shed his blood so that we could know his grace. It's amazing grace. Now here, we have to acknowledge that it's his goodness and it's nothing that we have done on our own. Now here's where we're going to pick it up from where we left off. Verse 11. Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh. Remember. So we do need to remember where we came from. Paul basically acknowledged that he was a worse sinner than all. But then he said, but I labored more abundantly than they all. He said, yet not I, but the grace of God which was in me. So he acknowledged he had been a a great sinner in the world. And he even persecuted the church. But he met Jesus. He met Jesus on the road to Damascus. On his way to persecute Christians. But when he met Jesus, God changed his name. Changed his identity. Changed who he was. God changes a person's heart and changes a person's life. Redirected him and put him on a whole different course. God, when you meet Jesus and you get saved, you get born again, you become the righteousness of God, something radical happens on the inside of you. There is a total new creation that comes on the inside of you. You become a new person in Christ Jesus. All things are passed away. Spiritually, you are a brand new person. You are God's handiwork, God's workmanship. You're created in Christ Jesus. But we still remember where we came from. Wherefore, remember that you being in time past in the flesh... Who were called uncircumcision, Gentiles in the flesh, who were called uncircumcision by that which was called circumcision in the flesh made by hands, talking about Jewish born, they had a covenant with God. But now you are getting tapped into this, this covenant. In verse 12, he says that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. This is a description of our condition. We didn't have any covenant. We didn't have a covenant of promise. Thank God we have a covenant today. We have a blood covenant. We have a covenant based on the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, we had no covenant. We had no hope. We were without God in the world. But thank God when Jesus came, he changed it all. Pastor Andy was recently preaching on 
it changes everything. When you get in Christ, it changes everything. When you meet Jesus, it changes everything. When you're washed in the blood, it changes everything. You were a sinner, but no longer are you a sinner. You are a righteous child of God. You're born again. And if you do sin, you're still right on the inside. You just need to confess your sin and let God cleanse you from that unrighteous act. Every time a person as a Christian does some act of sin, doesn't mean that they're no longer saved. Doesn't mean that they're no longer a child of God. Doesn't mean that they're no longer a new creation in Christ. It means that they got in the flesh. And they yielded to the flesh. And they yielded their mind to this world. The God of this world. And they acted that way. But they can say, Father, forgive me. And they have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. If you confess your sin, hallelujah. If you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to what? Forgive your sins and to cleanse you from that unrighteousness. So there's acts of unrighteousness, but you don't lose your salvation just because you sinned yesterday or you spoke out of turn. Or you did the wrong thing. I mean, whatever you did. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. And so the blood of Jesus can cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to read that verse again. That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. Next verse. But now in Christ, now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made nigh or near by the blood of Christ. You who sometimes were far off You who sometimes were alienated from God. You who sometimes were without a covenant. You who sometimes were without God, without hope. He said, but now in Christ Jesus, you're made near or you're made nigh by the blood of Christ. You're made near to God. You're made near to the Father. You're made near in Christ Jesus by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So God had a plan. God had a plan when he sent his son to die. His plan was to reconcile man. His plan was to reconcile you and me. His plan was to reconcile us back to God. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 2 Corinthians also says God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. God wanted to reconcile, restore the world to favor with himself. So when you come to Jesus and you acknowledge the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus makes you righteous. It doesn't make you half righteous. 
It doesn't make you 25% righteous. It doesn't make you 50% righteous, 75% righteous, 98% righteous. It makes you 100% righteous. The moment you are born again, you receive the righteousness of God. Now, you are literally, according to the verse that we read earlier, you are made the righteousness of God. It's not like God just gave you a gift and then you could lay it down. No, it's you are actually remade. You become a new creation in Christ. You are made the righteousness of God in him. Now, you can give this away, but when you give it away, you still have it. In other words, you can tell people about Jesus, and you can share your faith in Jesus, and you can give Jesus to other people, but when you're giving him away, you just get more of him because he's flowing through you. You still can give righteousness away, but you have it when you're giving it away. You don't lose it. It's available to the whole world. Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. So while you're sharing your faith in Jesus, hallelujah to Jesus, you just get greater joy, don't you? But you are the righteousness of God the moment you're born again. And you're just as righteous today as you were the first day that you were born again. It's not something you lose. It's something you use. It's something you acknowledge. It's something that you have to acknowledge continuously. And when you acknowledge that you are the righteousness of God, it changes your awareness or your consciousness. We don't want to just be righteous. We want to know that we're righteous. We don't want to just uh, be righteous. We want to be conscious and aware that we are righteous. In other words, meditation upon these things. The Apostle Paul said it to Timothy this way. He said, he wrote him a letter. He said, meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them that your profiting may appear to all. So if Timothy would take Paul's advice, which he did, and then meditate upon these things and give himself wholly to it, then his profiting would be made known to other people. And that's the way it is with anything, any truth in the Word of God. If you will meditate upon the Word that you hear, then your profiting will appear to others. In other words, your Uh, life will bear the fruit of righteousness, which the scriptures talk about the fruit of righteousness. But right now, we're dealing with understanding that you are righteous. Because if you don't know that you're, you're already righteous, then you're always trying to be. And you're trying to be something that you already are. It's like somebody, I'm always trying to get money to buy something. When they have money to buy something. All right, all right. I mean, if you were working hard every day, there have been people that had money and they didn't even feed themselves properly. Right. Somehow, they're twisted thinking. They had money 
And when they died, people found out they had all this money, but they didn't take care of themselves. They didn't use the money for what it was meant for. Well, if you don't know that you have money, that's one thing. If you have it and you don't use it, and you know that you have it, then that's not too healthy, is it? All right, you use it for the right reason, for the right purposes, for good things. Well, you could uh, be righteous because you're saved, you believed on Jesus, and not really even know it. Or you could be righteous and know it, but not utilize it, or not acknowledge it, or not live in the awareness or consciousness of it. Are you with me? So God wants us not only to know it, he wants us to live in the consciousness, in the awareness that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Righteousness in its simplest form simply means a right relationship with God. You have a right relationship with God. And you have that right relationship in your spirit the moment you're born again. Now... If you're, if you're meditating on it and you're living in the light of it, then you're living in the presence of God. What does it say here in this verse? But now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. So as we're acknowledging the blood of Jesus, Romans 5, uh, 3.25 says that we are made righteous Through faith in his blood. We are made righteous through faith in his blood. Now dealing with this, when you have question about your righteousness, in other words, when the devil attacks your mind and tries to tell you that you're not righteous or that you're not right, you know, the devil is a liar. And so he can lie to your mind and get you to believe that, uh, you're not right with God. And somehow you've made this big sin. You've done this thing that is hindering your relationship with God. Well, either you did or you didn't. And if you did, confess your sin and God's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you. And you can forget it. Because that's what God does. He forgets it. Amen. He puts it in the depths of the sea. According to Micah. So then, the Word of God is necessary for you to maintain your consciousness or your awareness of the presence of God. Now, let's go, if you will. I'm going to go to a scripture that I actually don't have in my notes. Go with me to Hebrews. We're going to go to Hebrews chapter 10. In Hebrews chapter 10, and we're just going to pick it up in verse 17. Hebrews 10, verse 17. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now, it's not like God is suffering from amnesia. He knows everything. 
He knows the past, the present, the future. He knows it all. Right? So it's not like he doesn't know that you had sin before. But he does not remember it in the sense of he doesn't hold it against you. That makes his love more amazing. God's not thinking about your sin and your past and how bad you were and how, how you did this and you did that. He's thinking about the blood of Jesus and how the blood of Jesus has cleansed you. And you know what he wants you to do? He wants you to forget it too. He wants you to forget your past. Remember enough to be thankful for where you've come from. But don't remember it so much that it gets you in a negative frame of mind. And it gets you to thinking, look what I did. Look what I did. Look what I did. I was so bad. Well, you were, but you are a new creation in Christ. You are a new person in Christ. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen? So here, look again to this verse. He said, your sins and your iniquities will I remember no more. So God's not thinking about your past. He's thinking about who you are and what he has planned for you. Verse 18. Now where remission of these is, there's no more offering for sin. Jesus did it once and for all. He did it for all time. He did it for all people. Now, verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. So you come by the blood of Jesus. You access the presence of God by the blood of Jesus. Having brethren boldness or confidence or assurance to enter or to access the holies by the blood of Jesus. So when you come to God, you're not coming with your works. You're not coming with all that you've done for him. You're coming with the blood. You're coming acknowledging the blood of Jesus. Look what the blood of Jesus has done. The blood of Jesus has cleansed me. God doesn't remember my sins. God's not rehearsing my sins and reminding me of my past and reminding me of how bad I've been. No, God wants to re remind you of who you are and what he has made you to be. He wants to remind you of the goodness of God, the mercy of God, the kindness of God, the blood of Jesus and what the blood of Jesus has done for you. And when the devil comes knocking at your door and trying to tell you who you were, you just tell him who you are. Amen? I'm not who I used to be. I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in this body, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I am not who I used to be. That old man was crucified. That old man died. I died with Christ. I was buried with Christ. I was made alive with Christ. I was raised with Christ. I am seated with Christ in heavenly places far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this world, 
world, but also in that world to come. Thank God we have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I. It's Christ that lives in me. Christ that lives in you. The old man is gone. The old man died. The old man has passed away. The old man was buried. And God made a new man in the resurrection. He made a new man in Christ. And he put you in Christ. And whatever's in Christ comes into you. When you get in Christ, what is in him comes into you. You're born into him. You are a new creation. And you have access into the presence of God. What a privilege that you get to worship God. E.W. Kenyon said, Righteousness gives you the ability to stand in the presence of God without a sense of sin, without a sense of sin, guilt, condemnation, or inferiority complex. We'll say it again. You'll hear it again in this series. Righteousness gives you the ability to stand in the presence of God without a sense of sin, guilt, condemnation, or inferiority. You're not inferior to anyone or anything. The devil is the one that tries to make people feel inferior, less than. No, God made you a new creation in Christ. You're, you're the highest creation that, they, that there is. Hallelujah. You're created by God. You're created to rule and to reign. You're created by God to live as a king. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus has cleansed you, made you the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus gives you the ability to stand in the presence of God without a sense of sin, guilt, condemnation. Just let you breathe the air of heaven for a little bit. Come on. The Word of God helps you to breathe in a different air, breathe in a different way, live life in a different way. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, go with me to Hebrews 9. Hebrews 9. When Dad Hagen had a vision, one of his visions, he had eight visions, had more than that, but he had eight visions that the Lord talked to him for an hour and a half in each vision. So he's had tremendous revelation of Jesus and the Word of God. And in one of them, he bowed down and put his head and his hands on the feet of Jesus, and Jesus told him to stand up. And he didn't feel worthy to stand up and look at Jesus. But Jesus said, I have made you worthy. And he said when he looked in his eyes, people asked him, how did, how, how did his eyes look? He said, they looked like wells of living love. Pastor Mark Hankins describes the blood of Jesus. He said it's liquid love. Thank you, Jesus. How many are glad for liquid love flowing in your, your being? The blood of Jesus. We're in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, 
But by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Listen to the language. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. The high priest would go into the holy of holies with the blood of animals to put it on the mercy seat in the holy of holies. But Jesus went in with his own blood into the heavenly holy of holies, in the mercy seat of heaven. He went in with his own blood. He entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Having obtained eternal redemption for us. Jesus has obtained eternal redemption. This stuff is forever. And through his blood and through faith in his blood, according to Romans 3.25, through faith in his blood, you are made the righteousness of God. So you have this eternal righteousness. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified Translation. It says, he went once for all into the holy of holies of heaven. Not by virtue of the blood of goats and calves, but by which to make reconciliation between God and man. But his own blood, having found and secured a complete redemption and everlasting release for us. Having found and secured complete redemption and everlasting release for us. Everlasting release. Then I'm going to give it to you out of two other translations. Goodspeed's translation says, Taking with him no blood of goats and calves, but his own, and secured our permanent deliverance. 20th century version says, Having secured our permanent deliverance. So when he went into the heavenly holy of holies, he put the blood on the mercy seat of heaven. It was permanent. It was eternal. So the devil can't take what God's given. Hallelujah. You are the righteousness of God through faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. Every day of your life, you should have some acknowledgement of the blood of Christ. Worshiping by the blood. Confession of the blood. Saying the blood of Jesus is over me. Acknowledging his blood covers you, cleanses you, purges you from uh, 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 dead works, purges your conscience. Thank you, Lord, every day of your life, living with an awareness and a consciousness of the blood of Christ. I'm not righteous by my own works. I'm righteous by the blood of Jesus. And if you always lean heavy on the blood, you're in a safe place. Hallelujah. I said if you lean heavy on the blood, you're in a safe place. If you live in the awareness, in the consciousness of the blood of Jesus, you're in a safe place. You're in a secure place. You're in a righteous place. You're in a place of life. You're in a place of love. You're in a place of God. You're in the presence of God. You're accessing the presence of God. 
every day of your life. Thank you, Jesus. How many can say, thank God for the blood? Somebody say, I am the righteousness of God. I have a right relationship with God through faith in the blood of Jesus.